Hey everybody, thank you for tuning into the Broke Down Podcast. This is episode number 42. On this episode we have Richard Hill, who is a guitar player in the group The Grateful Dudes, which is a British Grateful Dead tribute act, and they are pretty rad. We'll hear from him and a little bit of their music and have a nice chat with Richard. Then we'll get into some good old Grateful Dead, of course. First up, a little business. As you may already know, the Broke Down Podcast is part of the Osiris Network. Osiris connects you with podcasts, videos, and live experiences about the artists and topics that you love. Visit OsirisPod.com to check out our shows. Osiris has actually spun up their own show called The Drop. It is a video and it is a podcast. Every Sunday, the video comes out, and every Monday, the podcast comes out with a little bit different content, although they center on the news, the music news of today, or at least of each week. So check out The Drop on your podcast apps. You can check out the video portion of the show on youtube.com slash Osiris Media. Osiris works in partnership, by the way, with Jambase, which connects music fans with music they love and empowers them to go out and see live music. Check them out at jambase.com. All right, so uh, let's talk about news. Do we have any news? There's probably news, but I'm just going to talk about Record Store Day. Got a great new release for Record Store Day. We got a couple of them, actually, but the first one is Live at the Warfield, San Francisco, California, 10-9 and 10-10-80. It's the acoustic sets from both of those night nights, the complete acoustic sets. Uh, a couple couple doubles on each of the records so you get a couple bird songs but you know no bird song is the same as the other monk in the engineer to lay me down dire wolf cassidy great great stuff couple ripples can't go wrong with that right that was pretty great the other release for grateful dead was called sage and spirit and that was produced in some sort of commercial partnership with dogfish head brewery uh david lemieux picked out a nice mess of tracks and it's a It's a good little mix. Also, we got one of the shows from the Electric on the Eel box set put out on vinyl. It was the August 10th, 1991 show, which is terrific. Seven sides of music, side eight is blank. Great, great stuff. You already know about this release, uh, this show from the recent CD release. It's really cool to have this on vinyl. Uh, Another thing that came out was the good old boys show which is uh, bluegrass frank wakefield uh thing it was a live show that happened right it's actually two live shows that happened right around the time of the making of that album jerry produced that album and then these shows went down and jerry stepped in and played banjo so you've got two lps of just great traditional pick and bluegrass including some familiar tunes like deep ellum blues and whatnot and it is awesome. I was just listening to it with a friend this afternoon. It is really great. Go out and find it. That's also on CD. It's been out on CD for two months. I think I know I've mentioned it before. So if you don't do records, you could still get it on a compact disc if that's your thing. So definitely get out there, check it out. All right. What else shall we do? Let's talk about uh, let's talk about this interview. So Richard, as I said, he plays with a group called The Grateful Dudes. They are a British Grateful Dead cover band, Grateful Dead tribute band, whichever you'd prefer to call it. I think either way is accurate. 
they they're pretty good and we'll link to some of their stuff we're going to play one of their tracks and somewhere in the middle of this interview it happens and you should check it out stick around listen richard's a pretty great guy and then after that we've got some kick-ass grateful dead so we'll get right into the interview after i tell you because i know you want to know you can find the grateful dudes at gratefuldudes.co.uk and you can find that link and more at my blog brokedownpodcast.blogspot.com we'll also have we'll have some video i think we have at least one video to embed on the site so you can really get an idea of what they're doing so if you're in the uk either because you live there or you're traveling there you can see if they're uh they're playing when you can see them check it out also you can find me on twitter at broke down pod instagram at the same place at broke down pod and i don't know that's enough right so let's uh let's spin this interview we had a nice nice chat richard and i and i think you will enjoy it here we go so i don't know where where to begin i have i i've been checking out your band a little bit and right and 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 you guys are good uh we'll tell everybody that of course your name is richard hill and you are from the grateful dudes a uk based grateful dead cover band and uh you're a dead fan and let's see we we started talking i guess a while back when nick from 111 heavy was on the show and he had described his experience as being the feeling like the only Mancunian deadhead. Uh, but your experience is obviously a bit different as you've managed to build a band and an audience of deadheads. Um, it's it's still really hard in this country. It's so I'm the only deadhead in my village. <laughs> I'm, as far as I, I as far as I know, I used to live in London and it felt like I was one of two in London, but I know there's at least 50. <laughs> We're not uh, there's not a large population of deadheads in this country at all. There never have been, uh, really. So back in the 80s and, and 90s, you, you just didn't meet people. You just never met a single deadhead. So, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, we've made contact now with uh, with him, and he's, he's maybe going to come and uh, support us in, uh, in, in Yorkshire in, uh, next month. Oh, very so, cool. Uh, yeah, we've... Uh, Strangers stopping strangers. We've we, we've shaken hands on Twitter, and uh, yeah, we've got a gig coming up in May, so uh, he might be uh, supporting us. So, where is the band properly based? If that if that even matters, I mean, do you? Because then I'd like to know where you play more broadly. Yeah, we're we're properly based in Leicester, which is pretty much the geographical middle of the country. Um, now I'm up in Yorkshire which is about an hour and a half, two hours drive from there. We've got members who are from London, which is an hour and a half, two hours, maybe three from the other direction. Wow. So some of them come up from the south. I go down from the north. Uh, we've got a member in Nottingham. Um, the, the One of the drummers, Bob, he actually owns the studio where we rehearse. So he's in Leicester, handy for him. Um <laughs> Our keyboard player actually he he sometimes has to commute from France. He has a uh, he has a home in France where he lives most of the time now. So he comes from France uh, to come and rehearse with him, which shows some real dedication. Yeah, it must. Uh, and he's good. I was uh, just listening to the 
was the show the summer of love party from kent last summer Ooh, yeah. in uh awesome. last august and yep. that's a that's a great it's a great little set and it seems indicative at least although maybe shorter the of what you guys do kind of a broad range but you don't you don't seem to really get too far into 80s dead but otherwise 60s and 70s is your focus 60s 70s on the whole yeah um I'm I'm trying to push it a little bit into more into the 80s. Um, we're going to introduce, well, we have introduced, we played it once, Throwing Stones, okay. uh, Feel Like a Stranger, those sort of Bob jam out longer songs. I keep pushing for a couple of Brent tunes as well. Nobody plays Brent tunes anymore. Which is a damn shame. It is a damn shame. Yeah, nobody plays any of them, so uh, I'm going to be pushing for at least one Brent song, maybe Blow Away. Cool. Uh, or um, Far From Me is a really good Brent tune to rock out on, so yeah, one wow. of those two may appear soon. Oh, um, and so where, where do you guys... Where do you guys gig? Do you just all over UK, wherever they'll have you? Do you get over onto... Yeah, wherever we can. Um, we've... At, at Bob's studio, he's got a really lovely, lovely place. Really big entrance room. And uh, it's it's a big hall. He's got a staging there. And it's often used as a, a, a TV studio for... for outside broadcasts and things just when they need somewhere the local local news station needs something to show and he does drum workshops i think pearl have done drum workshops in his in his room so we do uh we, we do an annual gig at at the studio our first gig was at his studio which is in leicester as i say and it was uh, to coincide with the uh, gd50 shows cool so we would play until around about midnight Started about eight in the evening, played through to midnight, and then after that we had the uh, the the live stream on the big screen, and that was our first first ever gig. Wow! And yeah, and that was really good fun. And we just stayed up all night for three days, uh, <laughs> and it seemed like none of us got any sleep whatsoever. And when the show's finished, we just started listening to tapes. You know, it was really good vibe. And because it's his studio, we could we, we could hang out there as much as we wanted. So uh, that was really good. And we had a good 50 or 60 Deadheads travel for those. Uh, some for all, all three nights of the uh, of the Chicago shows. Um, but yeah, that, that's where, where our first couple of gigs were. We play in London a, a fair amount because the keyboard player, when he's not in France, he's living in London. Um, so we've played... Uh, for, for our English listeners, uh, Cockfosters, North London, and um, in uh, Good Friday this year, just uh, next Friday it is now, um, it's uh, as we speak, uh, we're going to be playing in Putney at the famous Half Moon pub in Putney, which is going to be a good one. This is our first time there. Um, we play a, a lovely venue in Yorkshire called the Hebden Bridge Trades Club which is a, a wonderful venue that every year seems to be on the top 10 best small venues in the country. So really, we, we, play, we play wherever anyone will have us, really. Mm -hmm. um, we travel around a lot. We're, we're looking at trying to play in Wales. Um, and uh, we, we play a few festivals every summer as well. Summer of Love, as you mentioned. We're playing that one again this year. But anyone who's uh, 
who's thinking of coming over, if they just check our website, we've got all the gig listings as they come up. Very uh, cool. Uh, you know, so anyone who comes over in the summer, they can check, a, check out where we're playing if they like. Our last show in, in Cockfosters, um, it was self-promoted. So we were selling the tickets ourselves. And uh, about three days before the show came up, I saw somebody bought six tickets to it. So uh, I, as I'm the webmaster, I checked where they were from. And the, the guy lived in, in Massachusetts somewhere. And I just thought to myself, oh, he's got the wrong band. He thinks we're someone else. He's not going to show up. But they did. And it was a, it was a, a, a stag party, a, a pre-wedding party, or whatever you call them in America. We call them a stag party. They came to, to, to Europe for a week. And uh, so they stopped off in, in Germany, I think, and in Prague and came to England to see what was on and just saw that we were playing and, and they loved it. And we loved them as well. Really enthusiastic guys who just out to party in Europe and uh, hit lucky. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, Richard, I think what I'm going to do is I'd like to play something from you guys. Oh, um, excellent. Thank you. But I'd like a recommendation, or maybe you could point me to a track that I can download. I haven't really found one. If you go to our website... I'm there now. GratefulDudes.co.uk, <laughs> look at... You've got uh, a whole bunch of tracks that are Bandcamp-based. Bandcamp, yeah. If you click that, go to Bandcamp, every track is downloadable for free. Um, some of them are, are soundboards. Okay. I think most of the shows we've got on Bandcamp are soundboard shows. The earliest one on Bandcamp is the, what's it called? It's at the Brooklyn Bowl in London. August 2016? That's the one, yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. Oh, I got it right here. That's probably one of the, one of the best quality shows that we've got there. Um, got that on YouTube as well. Cool. Well, you know, I'll, I'll give it a listen, and uh, I'll pick something. I'll pick something out of here and drop it in, and uh, I think people will dig it. Uh, you guys uh, play really well, and you know what? You said there's a video on your YouTube page, so maybe I'll throw that up on my link that on the blog too, so That'll folks cool. can yeah, yeah. can watch you play too. Oh 
Richard, tell me, I'm going to get into kind of the usual question, uh, and I, I realize that this could be framed a couple different ways. So today I'm going to ask, uh, where did you become radicalized? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was tricked into it. Uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was about 16, 17, so it was about 86, 87, um, about, around about that time. Uh, it must have been 87, because I'd seen the video to Touch of Grey. So I'd seen that on late night TV and I thought, oh, that, that, that's, a, that's a cool band. And being six, 17, 16, whatever I was, being that age, whenever I saw something I liked, I instantly went to the local Tower Records or Virgin Megastore or whichever record shop was closest and I'd uh, buy it. So whatever it was, I, you know, I'd see Dokken or Scorpions on the TV or Peter Wolf had a solo album in the mid-80s and I'd, I'd go out and buy all those 
Um, and I went to uh, went, went to the local record shop, and there was just too much there, but I bought the new album. And about two weeks later, I mean, I've been a musician most of my life, and I was hanging around at the local studio, and I saw an advert for a band that needed a bass player, and they were playing all kinds of music, rock covers, pop covers, everything from the Beatles to the Grateful Dead. And I thought, well, I love the Beatles. I've heard of this album by the Grateful Dead. Went along for an audition and they said, you know, they liked what I was doing. I liked what they were doing. And very quickly I realized it was Dear Prudence and the Grateful Dead. It wasn't <laughs> from the Beatles to the Dead. It was just... Dear Prudence was the only uh, Beatles song they actually did. And uh, so they tricked me. Um, but the drummer, <laughs> Bob, who's still my drummer, still my best friend, he he used to pick me up for rehearsals for that band. And he just put tapes in my hands and played tapes in the car. And I was just, I was amazed because I'd never even heard a bootleg before, let alone hear, heard a band that lets you bootleg all their shows and for the reason. So I, I, I just started listening to tapes, listening to the set. That, that band was the Cosmic Charlies, who are still going. Cool. I've uh, been to lots of lineups. So, uh, yeah, they've been going oh, 30, 30 years now, I guess. Um, so that's, uh, that's where I got started uh, from Bob. And I just suddenly I got very lucky and found four other deadheads in the local area to play with and uh, and to learn from and yeah I just I just soaked everything up tapes 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 so that was uh, right in the middle of a bit of a dry spell for of course there are several uh, dry spell for English dead shows uh, as they hadn't been there since 81 did you uh, make an effort and get to the Wembley shows in 90 I did yeah um, really it was perfect timing for me um, it was perfect timing. A couple of years previously, uh, Frank Zappa came over as well, and I got to see him. And I just got into Zappa about a year before, so I started getting into him in '87. I was into the Dead around about the same time, um, so I, I, I just picked up everything. And uh, and Bob had some good connections, and I, and I made other connections as well with guys who were getting fresh tapes from the tour. So. It was only three years I had to wait, and you know that's yeah. not long. When you're a deadhead and you've been waiting nine years for, for for Wembley '90 to come along, it was nothing. It was just three years for me, so that was uh, that was fine. I could I could hit deal with that. How did that hold up to your? I mean, I imagine you built some expectations and had some impressions and something in mind. How did that hold up? Uh it surpassed it really. There were a lot of Americans on tour. A lot of, well, at the time, I maybe knew 20 people who were into the dead, who'd come to see the Cosmic Charlies, who'd, uh, who'd socialized and sort of friends of the scene. So I'd been getting recent tapes, but when the shows finally turned up, I, I was actually working in a record shop at the time, and we had a ticket booth in the corner. <laughs> and uh, as soon as the tickets were released, the guy who uh, had the booth just sort of wandered over to me and said, uh, where do you want to sit? Basically, I was like, oh, you've got them. And uh, yeah, he, he, he had pretty good seats, you know, like uh, right at the front. So I was, I was down the front each night. I was uh, about fifth row for Jerry, 
first night I was in the middle for Bob and then I was Phil's sides roughly the same place for the third night um, but my expectations yeah they were they were surpassed I, I, I knew the venue because that was one of the places I used to see a lot of shows um, uh, I saw the English band The Cult there a couple of years yeah. previously I saw Rush there Frank Zappa had played there in 88 uh, lots lots of shows, all, all the big bands. That was where all the big bands were played. So I knew the venue really well. I knew the the route. I knew how long it would take. You know, I, so I, I planned everything really well. But I just met loads and loads of tie-dye-wearing hippies on the trains going over. And they were all young and they were all American. And that was just, it, it, it was just great. And... In the venue, so many Americans came over for that tour. It was it, it was amazing. The, the the vibe in the place was great, um, and the and the the, the, fir, the first notes, you know, when they, when just when they walked out, it was just like listening to the latest tapes. The roars wow. they walk out, you know, and the, the the couple of moments of tuning up, the fine tuning. Yeah, it it was like listening to the tapes, but more so, obviously, you know, you're, you're actually in the presence of them. Um, and yeah, it was it was just one long party from start to finish. We had the spinners outside in the halls. There was a drum circle outside. It was almost as good as being on tour in the states, I guess. You know, the, it, as far as being in the hall was, there wasn't much vending outside. It being England, it being October, it was cold. Yeah. But uh, inside the place, it was it was a really good vibe. And the old cliche of uh, the security, yeah, the first night security were trying to keep us in our seats, keep us in our rows at least, because <laughs> Wembley Arena, it's it's all seating. And uh, yeah, by the third night, they were all dancing and joining in with us and really enjoying the vibe. And, and, and that that cliche that you hear about, that I, used, I used to, you know, the, we got all our news from Relics or Dupree's Diamond News and those sorts of fanzines. Yeah, it was just great. I, I was well set up for it, you know. And That's it, awesome. It was great just going to the shows, you know, the sights, the colours, the, the strangers shaking hands, you know, just that. You just, hey, man, <laughs> living in London, nobody ever says hello to you if you don't know each other already. Wow. Uh, but yeah, we were partying on the tubes, you know, on the tube trains going over the, on the underground. Um, you'd see another tie-dye and you'd just walk over or they'd come and join you coming to the show of course you know it was conversation that you don't normally get in this country it was great it was great that's outstanding it's interesting to to hear about the um the volume of american heads who went over i, I mean i'm not surprised had i been a couple years older i would have been there too mm -hmm. um, or at least i'd like to think so but um <laughs> But they even played you a dark star the third night. They did the third night. It was it was a good dark star, not not the best of the year, but it was a it was a it was a good dark star. It was a, a, a playing in the band dark star, wasn't it? Playing in the band drums, no, playing in the band dark star drums. Dark, dark star, star playing reprise, playing, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the the, the, the sandwich. Uh, yeah, it was. The playing I remember as being not too great. They, they they missed the cue coming back, if I remember. Um, but yeah, and it was you know, it didn't stop us partying. <laughs> that, that's why we love them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, they they may uh, miss a step, but we we were always right there with them. Yeah. So what made it 
what made it very special, I also Bobby forgot the words to truck in, which was just fantastic. Huge <laughs> so, cheer went up for that. <laughs> that way, you know, you're getting the authentic Grateful Dead experience when yeah. Bobby blows it on trucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you listened to a lot of tapes. We've, you know, had all these years now since uh, Grateful Dead were playing shows. Um, do you have any favorite eras or specific shows that you'd like to share with us? Uh, 13th February 70 is my ultimate favorite show. It's it's one that everyone should know, one that most people know. I think you've uh, picked that apart recently as well, or previously. Uh, I've spoken um, about it a couple times here and there. Yeah. yeah, it's a very special show. You know, 90 minutes of, of, of pure jamming at the best in 1970. And half of that is, is Love Light. You know, yeah. so um, you know the whole of that 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 second side of the second set is is Love Light. Um, great show, just everyone should know it. If you don't know it, go out, download it, listen to it. It most of it's uh, parts of it, should I say, are on Bear's Choice, if I'm yeah. correct, but not the not the choicest cuts. Um, but yeah, we all know where to, to find shows now to listen to online. So uh, that's obviously a favourite. Um, 74 is a favourite year, just because of the experimentation in the jamming. 73 and 74, your last, well, the, uh, the bonus show um, yeah. that, you, that you released uh, just last week, I think it was. Uh, Which Keel one? Auditorium 1030, 73. That's the one. Yeah, uh, magical show. 73, that 73, 74 sound, when they had that wall of sounds, I don't know if that made them hear each other better so they could explore better. But that for me is the, is the peak of peak of the hive minds, you know, the group mind of the Grateful Dead playing in harmony with each other. Because the, the one drummer thing... I, I prefer them with two drummers, strangely, but having that one drummer, so they they found it easier to find the new themes. Um, so th those are two f very favourite years. And I, but I love 89, 90 as well. Um, Jerry was back healthy. They were really playing well and being a bass player at the time. Uh, I, I, I just soaked up. They were all new tapes to me. And they were new, hot off the press. It was really exciting to get those. So when I was just getting into the dead, 88, 89, 90, they were the tapes that really sparked my interest. So those sorts of years, the, the end of the Brent years, uh, also big favorites. Those are pretty outstanding years. And uh, yeah, listening to them both contemporaneously as well as looking back, they hold up quite well. Um, mm -hmm. They were you know, really finding exploration again. I mean, not all yeah. night necessarily, but in and out of pieces and good jams in the second set and sometimes in the first. Really a, a, a strong resurgence for the band. Yeah, uh, a, a big part of that was, was the, I think, the invention of the space section, which came in in the sort of mid-80s, the drum space in the second set. And I think they really got to know how to do that, especially with the start of the MIDI stuff. Yeah. By the time the 90s came along and they all had the MIDI, the space started to be more about what sounds we're using rather than anything else. But when they first got it, it was really interesting, really it was a new thing to play with. And they re I think they pushed MIDI a lot harder, sort of, you know, 87 to 89. 
then later, even when they got more comfortable with it, it was a, an exciting new toy for them. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, a good time. Yeah, new toys seem to excite the band. New toys or new players when Bruce came into the band that kind of excited Jerry and gave him a new foil to pivot off of and yeah. um, things like that. It's the little bumps in the X factor, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm talking to Bruce. So he was on the Europe tour that yeah. I caught Wembley. And I remember that uh, there were a couple of times during those shows. Um, if, if there was anything that disappointed me in the moment, it was Bruce was a bit too flowery and a bit too, obvious with what he was doing whereas the dead you, you'd hear a hint and maybe that song wouldn't come along for 20 minutes um or you, guessing what the the next song would be from the tuning when bruce was there it almost sounded like he was gonna he started to play it a bit early or he was too on the too on the money if you know what i mean obviously they know the songs really well and they would let them slide in and, oh, is it is it working? Is it not? Um, and Bruce was so on the money. In the moment, I was almost disappointed that there was so much Bruce going on. But now listening to those tapes, I think, uh, what a fool I was. You know, I, I didn't appreciate what was there at the time. And listening to the tapes, you can really hear his embellishments just jumping in just at the right moment. And uh, what he added to that band was just just amazing. Um, uh, I, th I think it was as much being disappointed that Brent wasn't there. Um, he died a, a couple of months before they came over. So it was the new guy, Vince, and it was Bruce. It wasn't yeah. Brent, so... Yeah, you know, just the novelty, but, you know, novelty can be good, but novelty can also be... It can lead to disappointment. You, you're... In accustomed to hearing the communication between Jerry and, and Brent, which was so strong, particularly yeah. near the end of Brent's time, uh, that just to hear a different dialogue going on mm -hmm. uh, of, of Bruce, as it were, and, and Vince was, yeah, jarring, I think, as a transition. Yeah, very, very slightly. And it was, it was, it was their first proper tour since since Brent had died, they they played a few shows at uh, in New York, Madison Square Gardens, I think, and that was pretty much it. You know, they played maybe five, ten shows before coming over, at the most, and then they did a full full on tour. So yeah, there was there was that gear change, jarring just slightly, getting to know each other. Um, but I think one thing that made me really appreciate Bruce was was other other tapes from that tour. Um, the uh, Berlin show where he came out of uh, Let, it, Let It Grow with a, a wonderful little jam and uh, they just all hooked onto. And it's just a, a Bruce at his best, you know, with a very flowery, that, that style he has of tripping over the notes on his way. Mm -hmm. And it was ob it's obviously a jam that you'll never hear anywhere else, which is the things you look for in The Grateful Dead. Where's that jam that you won't hear? even on another night, you know, you know, the following night. And, and Bruce did it. Bruce managed that. So uh, hats off to him. And I appreciate him a lot more now than <laughs> I did at the time in, in, in my bands. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I grew up a Bruce fan. So and I'll be probably talking about this somewhere else sometime soon. But I grew up a, a fan of Bruce. So, And I did not 
sadly, I did not see them with Brent. So my first show was also a Bruce Grateful Dead mm-hmm. show. But as a Bruce Hornsby fan prior to that, I, I looked up and I said, look, all right, Bruce Hornsby's here. So yeah. I was I was kind of jazzed by it. I was I'm a little disappointed not too much because we have tapes that I didn't get to see things like Stander on the Mountain or Valley Road, which he played for you. Both of those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, yeah. So those are pretty yeah, cool things. Set, set closer, Stander on the Mountain, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. or, or was it Valley Road? That was the I think closer? both uh, different nights. Valley Road on the 30th and then Stander, I think, was the on the 1st. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Both good tunes um i i wasn't familiar with them at all but uh yeah the 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 stand on the mountain was 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 a, a really good had that lovely lines that jerry was playing and and phil was locked in on that and they they knew how that one went valley road it's a rocker yeah as good as any other you know but uh, stand <laughs> on the mountain i remember being really impressed by that hearing that for the first time in the hall yeah yeah it's a pretty good number yeah so yeah. um Everybody can find you guys at what is it? The Grateful it's not the it's gratefuldudes.co.uk. Yep, gratefuldudes.co.uk. Yeah. And oh, it's, you just you guys say co. Huh? Okay, cool. co. <laughs> co.uk. Yeah. And you also have a YouTube page of Grateful Dudes, but you can get to all of that through the webpage, everybody out there yeah. in the internet land. We should have links on our webpage to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, anything you want, really, and the Bandcamp site. You can download our shows for free cool. or leave a donation if you want, but they're, they're, they're free, really. So uh, you can listen, try before you buy. And, yeah, it's, uh, a, so- it's a lot of fun jamming, a lot of fun music, and... Richard, this has been a real pleasure talking with you. I'm going to, I think I'm going to cut away uh, after we're done talking and play everybody something from, I'm not really sure. I, I I was thinking about going to like the Rainbow 81 shows, but now I think I'm going to look at this uh, these, this 90 run, uh, maybe play oh, some yeah. of that stuff. So uh, we'll, we'll see. It'll be a surprise to you and me, at least for, for the moment, and everybody else will get to find out like in their time like minutes from now so <laughs> yeah, yeah the, 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 that europe the, the the whole of that europe tour really was was full of gems so those shows you put together you could put together a really good one um there were some great great moments in the paris shows um which were the weekend before they came to london yeah um, and Germany were, were very strong and the tapes sound so great as well really good quality tapes came from that tour as well so I'm sure you can weave your magic <laughs> <laughs> hey, no magic but we'll, we'll, we'll find some good stuff and uh, put it together for everybody and um, yeah this has been a real pleasure talking and stay in touch thank and, you very much Yeah, and I uh, look forward to hearing the upcoming shows from you guys yeah, uh, if ever you're coming over to Europe on the holiday or anything, yeah, get in touch. You'll uh, if we've got any shows coming up, you, you I'll put your name on the door. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. As I said, that was Richard Hill of the Grateful Dudes. You can find their band at gratefuldudes.co.uk. 
Uh, of course, you can go to our website and find that link as well, so don't have to try to remember it. You might even see it in the show notes. If you go to your, your phone, if you're listening on your phone, and go to your podcast app and click on details or something or other, and it'll have a whole description of this episode, and it might have those links to get you there right there on your phone. And then you can bookmark it, because people use those still, right? Bookmarks, remember that? Also called favorites? Whatever, not important. What is important is that we've got some Grateful Dead for you. As you just heard in the conversation, I wasn't really sure what I was going to play when I was talking to Richard, but by the end of the conversation, I'd pretty much settled. And so, sure enough, we are going to take a look at the Europe 90 shows. Now, this is a very uh, broad look. It's really very first set centric, but it's got some jams. It's got some great stuff in it. And uh, I reserve the right to go back and do more on this little tour because there is some cool music. Uh, first up, we have... Is it okay if I tell you what we're going to play, then play it? Yeah? Okay. First up, we're a couple shows into the Europe run and they land in Berlin on October 19th. And they open with a glorious, joyful, fun rendition of Let the Good Times Roll. The singing on this is outstanding. Bruce is really inspired. A little uh, Sam Cooke coming through in his thing. And then they get down to business with Shakedown Street. So next, we jump ahead to Wembley Arena. Wembley? Wembley? Whatever it was I just said. Wembley Arena in London on October 30th for a little bit of Bob Dylan. Bobby delivers a fine rendition of Queen Jane approximately song that's always carried a ton of weight for me. I hope you enjoyed it, or enjoy it, rather. Uh, Bruce's accordion makes an appearance here, but don't go running. If you truly object to accordion, just hang on, because Jerry's solo follows. And then we go back across the channel to Paris and the Zenith for the evening of October 28th. These Paris shows are really good. Uh, I reserve the right to revisit them, although I think... I think one of them is a Dave's pick or a Dick's pick. I, I'm not looking it up right now. Let's pl plow ahead. Uh, anyways, I, I thought an Althea would go nice right here, and I think I'm right. I think I think it does. So you'll find out. After that, we ping pong back to Berlin for a black-throated wind from the second night of that run. These Berlin shows were simulcast on the radio, and I wonder how far into the changing landscape of Europe those, those sound waves penetrated. Um, or I guess they're radio waves, then they become sound waves. That's science. Anyways, few things are more American than the folksy anarchy of the Grateful Dead, am I right? And this here portrait of the highway in the American West is pretty solid. Then again to Paris. Still from the evening of 1028, we have a rock in Tennessee Jed. And then finally, we return once more to Wembley Arena, again on October 30th, for a high-energy Let It Grow. Bruce leads then a great jam out of Let It Grow into his terrific song, Valley Road. And that is where we'll leave you tonight. Hopefully happy and well and ready to return for more Grateful Dead next time on the Broke Down Podcast. So be sure to follow along with our Twitter at Broke Down Pod or Instagram also at Broke Down Pod. We're on Facebook too, Broke Down Podcast. And watch for the upcoming episode of Discologist when I join host Kevin Hill to review the newest album from Bruce Hornsby. You can find that wherever podcasts are findable. I think that comes out, in fact, at the end of this week on this Friday. Uh, I'll try to post on the Insta tweets or what have you a little bit of heads up about it when it comes out. Until then, folks, be well.
in the groove and let the good times roll. We're gonna stay here till we soothe our soul. If it takes all that long. Come on and let the good times roll. We're gonna stay here till we soothe our soul. If it takes all that long.
shaking on Shakedown Street. Used to be the heart of town. Coming this town ain't got no heart. You just gotta poke around.
shaking on shake down the street. You just be the heart of town. Don't tell me this town ain't got no heart. Just gotta poke around. Nothing shaking on shake down the street. And your father to your sister, he explained that you're tired of yourself and all of your creations. Won't you come and see me, Queen Jane? Won't you? Come and see me, Queen Jane. Now the flower lady walks back on the chisel and you. And the smell of her roses does not remain. Baby, when all your children, they all start to resent you. See me, Queen Jane. Won't you come and see me, Queen Jane? Have all that in battle or in vain. Maybe you find yourself sick of all this repetition. Won't you come and see me, Queen Jane? 
Come and see me Queen Jane Now when all of your advisors there They're plastic And your feet To convince you of your pain Trying to prove that your conclusions Should be more drastic See me, green change. Won't you come and see me?
whose song is the latch for the morning star. See the sun sparkling the rings, silver feet, fast to the sea. She comes from the town where they call her the woodcutter's daughter. She bears it away with the love that the river has taught her.
Osiris. 